Welcome to episode number 101 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we go down all the big bets, all the big news, all the big happenings in this crazy gambling industry. Guys, we are 10% of the way to episode 110. And Brett, that's all we were hoping here. We made it to 100. Would we make it to 110? We are damn near there. We're almost there. Yeah, we're not almost there. But we're we're off to a we're off to a pretty good start here. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Uh, as always, the Lines US, PlayPix US on Twitter and Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. We really do appreciate you guys uh, helping us out with all that because we are trying to climb up the ladder here. Make sure that more people get this podcast into their ears. So we are going to talk NFL draft as you would expect big, big betting experience for everybody out there. We did a live stream, which is super fun. Myself, Brett and Dave Farrow, we were able to kind of just talk about the various betting things that went along with that. So we'll run down that. We'll talk about, of course, these opening odds, 2021, everything already out when it comes to that. Our Nate Weitzer has his power rankings update and we'll see what's going on as far as the sports calendar and what would be the next big thing that you guys will be able to bet on because that is Really what everyone's wondering right now, we'll close things out with some pretty big news from a company that you are very familiar with. But Brett, let's kick it off things, kick things off here with this NFL draft. And, you know, the we figured that it was going to be massive and we were pretty confident that it was going to be massive when it came to the betting handle. But uh, apparently it is maybe even bigger than I guess I would have imagined. Yeah, according to uh, William Hill uh, and Nick Bogdanovich over there, the betting handle for the NFL draft was around five times as big as usual. Uh, Bogdanovich said it compared to a Thursday night football game, which is big. And uh, Chris Bennett over at Circa, he said it was similar to like a popular regular season game. So look, this this is no surprise, really. I mean, betters had extra money in their accounts. They were eager to get some money down on a sport that they cared about. And the markets were, I mean, there were endless ways to bet on the draft this year. There were hundreds of options leading up to day one, and then more popped up before day two and then day three. Uh, the one thing, it, you know, we talked about this, the one thing it, we're still lacking is in-game markets. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the, the logistics of setting odds and trading in-game for that are a nightmare, uh, but it would be a lot of fun to sweat the next pick of the draft. That said... Man, yeah, just a huge weekend of betting uh, the NFL draft. Pretty shocking to me, actually. I thought that, I mean, there has to be some sort of restrictions and maybe we'll we'll kind of dig into that. I know we talked to a couple of different people who definitely said there were some restrictions as to what they could offer, but I thought there would be, at least be something going on live because, I mean, Brett, at the end of the day, you know, you could, if you're worried about there being spoilers or leaks or something, I mean, you could go four picks down the line and just say, you know, will team X, Y, whatever, uh, will it be an offensive defensive player or, you know, whatever, something like that. I mean, those type of bets. And, you know, if they trade out of that pick, fine, it's a refund, you know, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's, you just, the bet, the bet gets canceled. So I'm not going to say that maybe that we'll definitely see something like that next year, but it certainly seems like we, are heading towards that that would be the way to go anyway i mean we were doing the live stream and had we been able it was still super fun we had sweats all the way down to the very yeah. last pick which we'll talk about uh whenever we do the recap but 
you know, had we had that as well, right? I mean, had we had the the live odds and things moving, the moving pieces as well while we were doing that, I mean, that would have been that that would have been even even more amazing for what we were trying to to accomplish. Yeah, it just adds another layer to the betting experience. I, I think that would be awesome. I mean, if, if look, if the books want to do it, set strict limits. I mean, I, I, there's got to be a way to do it. There just has to be a way to do it. Um, and th- th- and look, this would have been the year to do it because there's nothing else going on. So I I just have a hard time seeing it happening next year with i mean obviously nba and, and uh, mlb and nhl will be going on still um but yeah it's, it's unfortunate but overall uh i have to i have to give uh props to the books for getting so many different markets up ahead of the days uh to give betters a chance to to fire five times uh as much handle as, as a usual year yeah, I mean, you you look at this and there was some stupid stuff that was going on out there. I mean, they, there was no way that it was ever going to be um, Super Bowl. I heard some people say, oh, we're going to be looking at like, you know, a Super Bowl. Yeah, come on, man. Like, that's absolutely absurd. But uh, William Hill came out and said here in Nevada, they got the handle that they would get on typically a Monday night football game, which you're going to like, oh, OK, that's not that big of a deal. But, you know, if you're a sports better, you understand these island games draw just massive amounts of bets because of the only thing going on. So Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, these island games get a ton of handle. So for the for a non sporting event, this was something that was not happening on the field. And for them to get Monday night football type numbers, you had to think they were probably doing cartwheels, Brett. Absolutely. Yeah, this was and and they needed this because there's outside of ping pong, there's nothing else going on right now that's drawing (laughs) interest to the betting markets. So, uh, yeah, this was a big weekend for the books. Now the question is, where do we go from here? What's next? And we'll we'll talk about that a little later. So some big winners, big losers. I mean, I thought the Cowboys probably had one of the better drafts I've seen in quite a long time. I mean, it was they went about it where they actually drafted. It looked like best player available. They, they didn't really it looks like they probably didn't stick to their board that they thought when they were coming in. But that's has a lot to do with, I would imagine, because there were so many players that were showing up that were expected to not be there whenever, you know, it was rolling down to them. And you kind of look at their draft top to bottom. And there are a couple other teams that I also believe had good drafts. But when you look at what the Cowboys did to help this team today and make this team better this season, it's tough to, to top them, in my opinion, for, for what happened in this 2020 draft. Yeah, good luck defending this team this year. My, we talked about this on, on the live stream. My favorite moment of the draft is when the Cowboys took C.D. Lamb at 17 when nobody saw that coming really but jerry's face knowing that he blocked the eagles from getting lamb at maybe 21 was priceless i mean it was it was just it was awesome because how i mean the eagles who have struggled defending anybody in the passing game they finally addressed that this year and then the cowboys just go out and get the possibly the best wide receiver in the draft it was just it was an awesome moment yeah the cowboys are We're going to talk about power rankings later in the show, but man, the Cowboys look like a a, a true Super Bowl contender. We said that last year too, but new coaching staff coming in. They've got uh, some, some new weapons here. This is a, this is a definitely a team that addressed some needs, but also just got better by drafting the best player available. And uh, yeah, great job by Dallas in the draft. 
as far as losers go, I mean, pretty much everybody came out of that draft pointing at the Green Bay Packers. And it's really hard not to when you look and you look at a team that it almost is like winning despite of the front office. I mean, in spite of the front office is you look here at Aaron Rodgers, who you, we were talking about this on the stream as well, if you guys joined us. But if not, you know, we were looking at this depth chart and outside of Devontae Adams, who, again, we get it top five talent at the position in the league. But you look outside of that and this like ragtag group of people that Aaron Rodgers has been given to throw to like, you know, we kind of had an epiphany moment on the stream where we were like, ah, man, we were talking trash about Aaron Rodgers all year long about how he was falling off and maybe this was him on decline. And certainly you can see the age and and that is just, you know, father times undefeated. However, when you look at, at the quote unquote, there are air quotes being made right now, weapons that this guy has had to try and win football games in the National Football League. And I might add in a passing National Football League, every, everybody knows outside of the Ravens, this has become a passing league here. It is surprising that they've even had a winning record, Brett, much less were able to have the success that they had this past season. Yeah, seriously. That, that was easily the most baffling pick of the draft to me was taking Jordan Love there. This is a team that went 13-3 last year and advanced to the NFC Championship game and the most noticeable league, like you said, on that offense was the pass catchers. And for the second straight year, they just ignore it. Rodgers has to be furious. And then they go, and then the second round, they draft a, a one-dimensional running back? It, it, it fade the Packers, fade yeah. them at all costs this year. I, 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 I could see them winning seven games this year. I, I think it's all falling apart. It is absolutely head scratching when you look at a team like you mentioned that makes it as far as they did last year, where you where you would think conventional thinking would be okay. Maybe let's put three or four pieces in here that can help us immediately, and let's make this one last run here while we have this generational quarterback under center. Well, no, that is not what they did. That is not what they decided to do. And that is not how they went about this. And boy, it is pretty, pretty telling, like you said, about what I about how I'm going to feel about this team moving into this coming season. I, I have no confidence in a team that I'm not going to say almost took the approach of like, OK, let's win three years from now. But it sure as hell feels like they're saying Ah, uh, you know what? Let's build for the future. Even though you had an NFC Championship quality team this past season, I agree with you. Fade the Packers again at all costs. Were there any other teams that you thought had an exceptionally good or bad draft? Yeah, I mean, like I'm not going to pretend that I know enough about some of these players to grade each team's draft sure. without seeing them in a uniform. Like, ask me in three to five years. But yeah, there were a few teams that left me scratching my head. Obviously, the Packers, the Raiders. Again, made some questionable picks. The fran- This franchise just disregards the concept of value and reaches for their guys year after year. And it's, gonna, it's just going to cost them every single year. And then the Rams, the team that crumbled last year because it couldn't protect its $134 million quarterback, did not draft a single offensive lineman. This is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL last year. Their best asset up front is a 38-year-old Andrew Whitworth. There's a lot of talent on this roster, but you can't unleash it if you can't protect Goff. I just don't see the Rams improving this year. They just didn't address their biggest need. We uh, talk about fantasy here as well. Of course, DFS and not on that, but season long a little bit on the on the podcast throughout the course of the season. And Brad, I think the we, we talked about it with the Cowboys just in general, but I think one of the very big winners here has got to be Dak Prescott, right? When you, when you look at 
what he now has in that offense here, and I'm not saying he's going to be a top, you know, two or three quarterback, but I mean, you know, I think top five for Dak is probably within the realm of outcomes here because, I mean, there is a beast at every single position for him at this point. And I mean, when you're talking about Michael Gallup is now going to be your like fourth option in an offense, you are you're sitting pretty, man. Yeah, he's got to be the biggest winner, right? I would think. I mean, there's I mean, I guess you could look at uh, I mean, I guess you could say if you wanted to look at maybe one of these running back situations where teams didn't draft running backs. I know the Eagles, uh, it probably looks like this is Miles Sanders job now to for for good. Um, the the Dolphins didn't draft a, any receivers early in the draft like like you know people thought that maybe they could have just because they had the luxury of so many picks. So that certainly helps out you know Williams and Parker there because they're not going to have to to split targets really as much anymore. And I guess I mean if you're if you're if we're strictly talking from a from a fantasy standpoint, I mean the Patriots didn't go after any receivers either, and we know everybody's you know out of town over there. I mean I guess. Nikhil Harry is going to pretty much get a shot at trying to become a, a true wide receiver one in this league. Now, whether he can do that or not, we don't know. They didn't trust him at pretty much at all uh, last season. But, you know, with Brady out of town and it looks like kind of a rebuilding phase there. I mean, Nikhil Harry is going to have no choice but to step up. He's either going to bu- he's either going to bust or he's going to have this massive breakout season. Yeah, another surprise that the Patriots didn't take a quarterback. So who's going to be throwing the ball to Nikhil Harry? Is it going to be Stidham? Are they going to go out and get a quarterback like Dalton? Are they going to sign Cam Newton? That was a big rumor this week. Is that Cam Newton's actually the favorite to go to the Patriots right now? I don't see that happening, but uh, that's a thing that that's out there right now. Um, <laughs> another, I, I guess, another one of James Conner, Patriots, yeah. uh, the, the Steelers. There, there was talk about them going out and getting a running back. So Conner looks like he's going to be. Uh, the, the early down back in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of things came out of the draft that uh, were surprising. A quick recap for you: um, four quarterbacks go in the first round. The under hit there that was set at four and a half. One running back goes the very last pick of the first round. So the over hits that was just set at a half uh, is a line there. Six wide receivers. The over hits five and a half. The line seven offensive linemen. The over hits six and a half. The line. Five corners, the over hits, four and a half, the line there. 15 SEC players, the under by a half, 15 and a half was the set total there. Four Alabama players, big time under, that was set at five and a half. Five LSU, the under as well on five and a half. LSU over Bama, though, does hit and 18 offensive players to 14 defensive players taken in the first round and as we before we before we move on uh Brett I think the biggest sweat for for me in this whole thing came down to the very last pick in the in the first round goes down to the Chiefs and the Chiefs come with Clyde Edward Hilaire he is a running back if you were unaware the uh I had the no running backs taken in the first round I also had the under on quarterbacks and running backs at five so uh, I didn't lose that bet. I pushed, but I had a, a pretty good amount of money on that on the under. So uh, I was free rolling going into that pick, but certainly could have used 
any other position other than a, than a running back there. They were certainly not going to take a quarterback with Patrick Mahomes. So uh, that was certainly a sweat all the way to the end. But we even talked about when we were previewing that we thought there might be that we thought that there could end up being a run on offensive linemen and corners if people were uh, started to feel like the the better ones were coming off the board. We certainly saw that run on offensive linemen. The corners got there, but there was just a couple of – it was actually on the heels of just a couple of, of well, I, I guess, again, reaches. I'll, I'll say that, like you mentioned earlier, we're not professional scouts, and these guys might end up being, you know, unbelievably talented and, and Pro Bowl caliber corners in the NFL. But I think it's worth us saying that, it, at least at the time, it looked like there were a couple of reaches going on there, and uh, that's how the corners got there as opposed to there being more of a run on, on scarcity. Yeah, the Raiders taking Arnett at 19 was a pick nobody saw coming. So that that right there is why the over got over uh, for the corners. I, I liked the over on the offensive lineman because I liked the under on wide receivers. So I, I split on that one. Uh, somehow the the overs. I, I did not anticipate Ayuk going in the first round. I didn't see... I didn't see a pathway for him to get there, but I guess the 49ers loved him. So they went out and got their guy. Uh, then there was the the run on offensive players at the start of the second round was what I anticipated uh, just because of the the teams that were at the top there. And just I, I expected the run on wide receivers to begin there. But really, um, it started at 21 with uh, Rieger and the Jefferson. And then Ayuk got there at 26 or 20 whatever was it 27 28 whatever that was but um yeah i i lost uh lost the under on the wide receivers i i was pretty i was pretty confident in that one <laughs> i'll go ahead and take the l as well on uh justin jefferson going uh, under uh, 21 and a half that was a real 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 big bet for me did not get home what are you going to do about it? I mean, like, uh, it goes at 22, so lose that one by a half a pick. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a toss-up. He certainly could have gone at 21 to the Eagles instead. 22 to the Vikings. Going to be a good spot for him. He's going to catch a ton of balls in that offense. But now that the draft is over here, of course, the rookie markets are up. They will take your money and hold it for a year if they if if you want to give it to them. Um, so we're we're looking here at some of these uh, markets that are out there, Brett. And of course, as everyone would imagine, offensive rookie of the year, the big time favorite goes to Joe Burrow. Yeah, and it, look, if you want to lock your money up for a year, there there might be some opportunity here. You're not going to get a, a lot of great prices, but definitely shop around because there is there's some good variation. Uh, across the different books, like a DraftKings and a FanDuel. So I I would look around and see if there are any prices you like. But yeah, no surprise at Burrow plus 250 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. You can also bet on Burrow passing yards, passing touchdowns. He's the only quarterback you can bet right now uh, in those markets, just probably because Tua, Jordan Love, some of these other quarterbacks aren't going to see a whole lot of action in year one. But uh, we do we do anticipate Burrow being the starting quarterback for the Bengals, even though he has literally zero protection coming into week one. I think the, if I was going to bet offensive rookie of the year, I mean, Burrow's the favorite. And we, we even talked about this at the end of the the live stream. I mean, instant favorite, a guy that's going to start from day one with a decent amount of weapons around him as well. I mean, we should go ahead and say, I mean, they drafted T Higgins for him as well. So, I mean, you know, there is a ton of talent there for him to throw to. However, if you were going to look outside of that, I guess if I was going to lock money up, if I could get an eight to one shot on uh, on Clyde to get it done, 
in an offense that we think is is not going to take any sort of steps backward, there's really no reason for us to believe that the Chiefs are going to be any worse on offense, Brett, than they were this past season. So Clyde should have the opportunity to catch 60 to 70 balls in this offense and maybe score a bunch of short yardage touchdowns for them. And we might be looking at a guy that, I'll put it this way, if he's not Offensive Rookie of the Year, he might be a friggin' fantasy beast for you. So he might be a guy to keep on your radar because he's going to, if you're in a PPR league, he's going to catch a ton of passes, great route runner, good hands, and might even get some short yardage touchdowns and stuff. He's super slippery in those close quarters. And so I would imagine he instantly steps in and becomes the goal line back for them as well. Uh, Clyde could put up some pretty decent uh, statistics anyway. Yeah, we saw Kareem Kareem Hunt, who was a third-round pick, what he did coming in 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 his rookie year with the Chiefs uh, three years ago. Um, So, yeah, Clyde has some built-in production just because of the landing spot with Mahomes. I mean, that's – yeah, he he has a lot of offside for fantasy in in PPR leagues this year. Uh, As far as any value for Offensive Rookie of the Year, maybe – I guess I could see – what do we think about Herbert? Is he going to, is he going to be, I mean, you'd think he'd be the starter at some point in year one, right? I don't know if he's going to play enough games would be my only thing. Right? right. But then again, we don't know what, and the only, and I think the other problem here with a guy like Herbert and even in, in, and even a guy like Tua who we didn't expect to, we don't expect to play anyway, but the other problem with these type of guys that are quote unquote projects with there not being these off season programs and them being able to get in there and actually work with the teams and work with their receivers and work with the coaches. I think it puts these quote unquote project guys even further down the list because of the fact that, you know, you're not able to get that hands on physical face to face, sitting in the room, learning the people, uh, you know, getting those relationships and stuff like that. Burrow, there's a, there's no choice. I mean, I guess we should mention in in theory, Andy Dalton is still on the team. So, I mean, we're all just assuming Burrow takes snap one day one. But I mean, as we record this on Tuesday morning, on April the 28th, Andy Dalton is still a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and if I'm Zach Taylor, I'm I'm absolutely terrified of putting Burrow in there in week one. They, they, they put all this talent around Burrow, but they have zero protection for him. I, I'm, you know, they, they drafted Jonah Williams last year. Did, he didn't see the field because of injury, and really, it's one of the worst offensive lines of football. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think Burrow will be the starter week one, but if if Dalton is there, I kind of I kind of just want to let this offensive line sink for a few weeks before I put Burrow in there. Yeah, I mean, I guess we have to see what this timeline and how it plays out because I mean, if 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 there's really no time for these guys to get acclimated to a system, I mean, I don't care what your plans were for for Burrow you know, leading into the year or, or, you know, hell, as soon as the, the, as soon as the college season was over or whatever it might be, if there's no lead time for this guy to get acclimated to the offense and and whatnot, I mean, do you, I guess like, do you, do you almost owe it to him to not play him and put him back there and put him in a situation to, to fail? Because I mean, bro, one thing we have seen time and time again is some of these quarterbacks, and I don't think Joe Burrow is one of those guys. He's about as mentally tough as they possibly come, but, We've seen some really talented guys be put in really bad situations and you just get your ass kicked for an entire 
year and and it it does something to that guy right I mean like we've seen these quarterbacks that we thought had really bright futures and they just get the shit beat out of them for a season and at the end of it they're just not the same dude anymore and again I don't think Burrow's that guy but what's the what's the harm if you can't find a dance partner to trade you for Andy Dalton right then what's the point in like, you know, I don't know, playing him for a month before you go to Burrow. Why not give, why not give Dalton four starts or something like that? I, mean, I don't know. I guess I don't see the downside in it. Yeah. And look, this is a long-term play. This is not, a, this is not a Bengals team that's going to win this year. So why risk putting this guy out on the field for the first few weeks? I, I just, I don't, I don't see it. I, I can certainly see them doing it just because they want to, put people on the stand. I don't know if they're going to be able to put people in the stands this year anyway, but, <laughs> but even still just like, you know, people just to have interest in the team, I guess people, everybody, everybody's going to want to see this kid on the field in week one. So are they going to do it? I guess we'll see. I, I would say probably they will, but I, you know, if I'm that, if I'm in that position, I'm, I'm really scared of, of what is going to happen to him behind that line. Yeah. And, and that's why I would never bet him at two and a half to one to win the rookie of the year right now. Right. I mean, I just, because we're one, we don't know when the season's going to start. We don't know how, if it's going to be abbreviated, we we, we don't know how things are going to work right now. So for only a two and a half to one return on burrow, when we don't really know the situation again, like I said, if I was going to, if I had to make a bet today, I would just bet on Clyde because we're pretty positive he is going to be the guy who steps in and gets the majority of the snaps at the running back position. And certainly at the at the very least, he's going to be a dude who catches a ton of passes for them, racks up a ton of little seven, eight, nine yard gains and probably punches in some short yarded touchdowns as well. And uh, probably probably, in my opinion, has as much as much, you know, as much upside to winning that award probably as Burrow does. And, and, you know, the only reason it would, we would continue to shy, shade over to Burrows because we know that this is a, a quarterback league and everybody, everybody loves to, to give things to quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, of course. And I guess I, we don't know what the running back situation is going to look like in Kansas city. They still do have Damian Williams who was phenomenal again in the playoffs for them. And they signed Deandre Washington too. So, I mean, it, you know, if, if they're you know, if they're using first round capital on Clyde, he's going to see snaps for sure. I just don't know if he's going to be the the workhorse in year one. I guess at twenty eight hundred, maybe Jalen Rager is yeah. is it's just because of his. I mean, they're going to situation. Use him. Yeah, they yeah. have they have nobody else. So I mean, he yeah, should see I a mean, hundred plus targets. I was going to say. I mean, like there's 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 no reason for me to. We don't have any reason to believe that 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 offense isn't going to, I'm not going to say run through him in the passing game, but at least have him be a major featured part from, from day one, from snap one, because I mean, out of necessity, there's just nobody, there's just nobody else. Yeah. Alshon is cooked. Deshaun Jackson looks cooked. (laughs) So I mean, we could see Rager be the one number one option. As far as the wide receivers go, they still do have those two tight ends and Ertz and Goddard, but yeah, I could see Rager. It, it, that would be my bet. If, I, if I'm taking anybody for offensive rookie of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a long shot with a regular 2,800. It took them no time, as you would imagine, to go ahead and put up the 2021 draft betting odds as well. And if you've been following football for the last two seasons, you could have told us who was going to be the betting favorite to go number one overall. That is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he would have been the number one overall pick as a true freshman if he would have been able to 
uh, be able to enter the draft, but he was not. You know how it works. You have to stay three years removed from high school. So he will be draft eligible next year. He will be most likely the number one pick off of the board unless we have just a a massive type uh, situation like we had this year where he gets injured and then someone else comes up with another big season. I mean, coming into this year, you saw draft rankings on Joe Burrow anywhere from third to fifth round. So that lets you know, jumping all the way from third to fifth round all the way up to the number one overall pick. That being said, Burrow could have had the year that he had and he still would not have been the top quarterback on the board had Tua not gotten hurt. So when you kind of look at this, Brad, I mean, it's it's basically, it's going to be Lawrence, Sands, and injury. It doesn't even really matter um, anything outside of that because they play in a soft conference. He's still going to put up big numbers. It doesn't matter. I mean, like there is no chance of him busting this year at all. Uh, they are, their talent level compared to everybody else over there is just above and beyond. There's no one who's going to be able to compete with them. So, I mean, I guess the only other thing would be if Fields really, really, really just completely shows out, maybe he, maybe whoever ends up at the top of the draft falls in love with him over Lawrence. But basically, Lawrence brings to the table every single thing that every NFL team has been clamoring for for the last five years with the size, the arm strength, the mobility. I mean, just about every single thing you want in a quarterback. Yeah, I guess the other thing is who's drafting at one. Uh, you know, if the Bengals end up drafting at one, they're obviously not going to take a quarterback and they might trade out of it or they might take an offensive lineman. And there's a pretty damn good one, or at least one pretty damn good one uh, in the upcoming draft. I, with Lawrence, like even though he has been the quarterback everyone's been talking about for two years, he has looked kind of shaky in big spots. He looked bad in the championship game against LSU, 18 for 37. He was only 18 for 33 against Ohio State in the semifinal game, really struggled with his accuracy in those big games. And even the start of last year, he wasn't good in the first half of the season, completely played himself out of the Heisman race by the midway point. Uh, The talent isn't debatable, but I, I think there are enough questions about his composure, maybe his accuracy that he's just an auto fade for me at this price to go number one overall. Not oh, to yeah, mention this price for like sure. The, the like, risk of yeah. injury too. Like yeah. you know, we just, all you have to do is look back at Tua last year. I want, I want to run a simulation where Tua plays the entire season at his level and burrow the same and see who I would love to see what happens at the top of the draft with those two. Cause if there's yeah. no, if there's no injury concerns with Tua, who goes number one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Tua still does just because he he entered the season as by far the 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 number one dude, and and I think it still becomes Tua. So like the three teams that are widely considered to to be kind of in the running for the worst teams in the league this year, the Jaguars, Redskins, and Panthers, are all teams that in theory. We know the Jaguars need a quarterback. We know the Panthers could use one. They only have a, a two-year deal with Teddy Bridgewater, and mm-hmm. and I don't think that they think that the the I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is the future for them, especially if they could get you know a super high upside guy. And if the Redskins are as bad as people think again uh, this coming season, then that means the Dwayne Haskins experiment has probably gone sour, and they would be in the market for a quarterback as well. So you would have to think the three teams that everyone kind of is predicting that is going to be that are going to be the worst are three teams that would all be in the market for quarterbacks. And so, like you said, I mean, I don't know. 
if you if you could ever even come close to laying the price here for Lawrence as opposed to taking plus money on a guy like Fields, where if you got three different teams that are going to be vying for quarterbacks, that could be three different opinions on how they view these guys, right? I mean, that's three different front offices evaluating two very, very talented quarterbacks. And there is no way in the world that you're going to be able to convince me that at the end of the season that Trevor Lawrence is going to be just hands down the pick over Justin Fields as, as especially to a point where you would be laying two and three dollars for, for for Lawrence to be the number one overall pick next year. Yeah. So again, if you want to lock your money up for a year, I would highly advise going plus money, whether it is with Fields or an offensive lineman or maybe, you know, some of these other players down the list. But man, yeah, I can't I can't justify laying that price for for Trevor Lawrence after what we've seen, you know, several years. And like you said, if it happens to be one of these other teams that gets the first overall pick, then, you know, I mean, uh, they could always trade out. But these other teams that are in the running to be the worst team are certainly not going to take a quarterback. The Bengals, Dolphins, Jets, you know, like stuff like that. I mean, those teams are are not going to be taking quarterbacks. We know the Bengals and Dolphins are set. The Jets are probably not going to abandon uh, Sam Darnold. They're just not very talented, the Jets. I mean, they just need to continue to, to put some some players on the field. So um, yeah, I mean, pretty, pretty interesting there that like you mentioned, I mean, it could maybe fading a quarterback altogether. If you think that could the Bengals, could the dolphins, could the jets, you know, could it even be the lions, which I guess the lions, you can make an argument that they could, they could take a quarterback, kind of take that successor there to, to Matt Stafford if they wanted to do that. But um, you know, those those th- definitely Bengals, Dolphins, Jets probably aren't taking quarterbacks there. So um, maybe it's just a fade altogether when it comes to quarterback position. Could be. Yeah. I, it's, it's, look, especially if one of these linemen shows out, I could see them going number one. But you'd also think that there would be a bidding war for the rights to a Lawrence or a Fields at one with the teams right. that you mentioned who need a quarterback. This is a good year to go out and get your quarterback with those two at the top of the list. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, quarterback is a, is a pretty big favorite there at the top, but I would not pay the price for Lawrence. Our own Nate Weitzer puts out a power rating and pow, his own power rankings. Uh, what, what does he do this every week, Brett? Does he change it every week? Uh, yeah, well, during the season, every during week, the season, during yeah, the off yeah. season, after every key event. So he did one for free agency, did one after the right after the Super Bowl. And now, of course, right after the NFL draft, not a whole lot of change with the NFL draft because these guys aren't going to change uh, the makeup of teams this year. But uh, there there were some changes. He did. Uh, he did move the box a little bit since he hadn't updated after Gronk. So there was some movement with the box. I think there were 13 uh, after free agency and now they got bumped up to number eight but um yeah i wanted to get your take on this list and and how you feel about his top five maybe the bottom of the list too yeah i mean i the obvious thing to me i'm sliding up new orleans and dallas and moving down san francisco so i I mean kansas city baltimore definitely one two and that's almost like interchangeable to me it's one a one b um i think both of those teams are, are are head and shoulders above everybody else. But then you look at the, uh, the saints and you and I on the, I think right before we went live on the live stream, or maybe it was during the live stream, but we were kind of dissecting the saints roster. And I mean, it is, I don't think people really realize it, but I mean, it is loaded on both sides of the ball. I mean, this team really has no holes whatsoever. And a couple that they had, they went out and plugged them. Um, They are going to be airtight. And so long as Drew Brees stays healthy, 
the Saints are going to be right there uh, again this season for sure. We talked about Dallas. Not only are they they were good to begin with, but then to add what they added, I think Dallas is uh, going to be a major player here. I don't have any confidence in Jimmy Garoppolo, and so that's why to me it, it slides this what is still a talented 49ers team down to that kind of five slot for me. What do you feel about those top five teams? Is there anybody you think is a, 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 a even an omission from the list? I'm with you. I, I, I love New Orleans. I think they're the third best team in the league, and I, I really like what they did in the draft too to address some holes now, you know, going center and then linebacker, the two areas where they – actually could have used some help or some help depth wise. So uh, yeah, I, I would put new Orleans three. He's got Buffalo at six. I do not agree with that. I think there are, te- <laughs> I think there are teams here uh, underneath Buffalo. Tampa Bay, I think is better than Buffalo right now. Um, looking down the list. He's got I mean, New England at 14. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, so it's it's kind of hard to argue with the fact that if you look down a little bit further, I mean, whether you love Kirk Cousins or not, I mean, you know, Minnesota is going to be a good ball club, right? And I mean, Philadelphia, I don't love the makeup of the team altogether, but they were able to win games last year, even with never really putting a healthy team on the field. And I understand there's a lot of, there's a lot of that that goes on the NFL. I mean, injuries occur, but I think Philadelphia is is probably even a little bit better than than he's given him credit for here as well. So yeah, I mean, look, he's high on Buffalo and I get it and I mean Buffalo should win the division which you know in in that scenario that just makes it that much easier to to win a Super Bowl, right? Because I mean if you're if you're able to get through your division and what we consider to be their division this year. So I, I get all that, but six best team in the NFL as we're heading no. into the season. I think that's a little aggressive. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm with you. I would probably put Philadelphia and Minnesota above Buffalo. I think Buffalo is a top 10 team in the NFL, but not, yeah. not at six. The one, the one, t- the one thing I really do disagree with here is the Rams at 12. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I just don't think they improved this year. They were a fringy playoff team last year. I don't think this is a top 15 team. I would probably move. He's got Pittsburgh at 16 and Indy at 17. I would move both those teams up. I like both those teams this year. So that's that's probably I would replace. I'd probably replace Green Bay and the Rams at 11, 12 with Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. It's, it's probably the biggest changes I would make. And at the bottom He's got Detroit 24. I, I like Detroit quite a bit this year. I think they're a top, I think they're a fringe playoff team, maybe top 18 team. Um, but yeah, I think way too low on a couple of teams when we're talking about the bottom down here. Um, w- w- what does he have against the Chargers? I mean, I get it that there's no Phillip Rivers, but that's that's it, right? I mean, like there's that team is the the team that was they got they got better on defense in the draft and they still have all those offensive playmakers and Tyrod Taylor is is going to win you some games, so I don't know. I think the Chargers being below the the median in the league, being down at twenty two. I mean, they're at least a top half team in the league as well. And like, let's get laughable here. I mean, look, I understand we don't like what the Raiders did, but to have the Raiders below the Dolphins, I mean, come on, <laughs> come on. Like, when nobody likes what the Raiders did, but I mean, like, let's be for real. There is a they are a much more talented team than the Dolphins are, and the Dolphins being 
ahead of the Raiders is uh, is a little funny to me. What I'm seeing here, Miami plus 6,600 to win the Super Bowl, which means there's actual money coming in, I think, on the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl because they've been 150, 100 to 1 uh, through the offseason. Now 66 to 1 is, is pretty funny. It is. It's pretty hilarious. Houston all the way up at 15 is probably a little aggressive after what they decided to do. I don't know how they're going to. Uh, I don't know how they're going to get through it. But again, if you want to check out that list, it's it's over at the lines dot com. We uh following some horse racing over there on the lines as well. That's one of the few things that you're allowed to bet on. So if you want to uh, do that, be sure and head over the lines, read some of those articles as well. And we'll keep you up to date. We're going to have a sports book launch. We're going to have a, a state launch here at the end of this week. May the 1st will be when Colorado goes live. So next week on the podcast, we'll talk to you guys about how all of that went down over in Colorado. Exciting market. Certainly something we're looking forward to. Going to be 15, 16, 17 different options for you people in Colorado. I am jealous. It is going to be amazing for you guys. There's going to be tons of offers and bonuses and all kinds of things for customer acquisition up there. So you guys are going to get the best of it. There's no doubt about it. What's next on the sports calendar here for you guys to bet on and come hell or high water. Dana White was going to get a UFC going and he is in fact going to do that. UFC 249 is going to go down on May the 9th over in Florida. Well, I should say is at least is the plan to go down on May the 9th over in Florida to which he is saying he's going to put on back-to-back-to-back shows, going to put on like three shows in the same arena over there in Jacksonville, try to get back on schedule for the year for the UFC. Of course, we mentioned this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. They have a contract to fulfill with with ESPN. They have to put on a certain number of shows per year. That has a big monetary effect on that company because if they don't, then they don't meet the quota for ESPN and then that bumps down the contract a good amount. And so things start going a little wacky right there. So the ES- so ESPN and, and the UFC are going to try to put on a whole bunch of shows here over you know the next month, month and a half. And Brad, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess, you know, it's hard for, I can talk all the crap I want to about Fight Island because I think that's so ridiculous and whatever that you're going to fly these guys to an island, whatever. But it's hard, I guess, for me at this point, if the governor of a state has decided that he is going to open his state and allow sporting events, then it's hard for me then at that point to, you know, say, hey, Dana White's being ridiculous with all of this because, I mean, look, it's the state's open. They're allowing business. And he's a businessman. The UFC is a business. And so them going and and holding a few events over in Florida, while I think it's still, uh, you know, kind of silly and we really hadn't figured all this out yet and how this is going to going to play out for especially as far as sports go. Now, at this point, I guess it's hard for me to say I blame him. Yeah, this is very different circumstances than what we were talking about weeks ago, uh, where you thought it was like a 50 50 flip and it ended up not happening. Here we are. This is surely going to happen on May 9th, right? I mean, unless unless Florida has some sort of crazy outbreak, right? Like right. Uh, of, of COVID and they end up having to shut the state back down. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to go down. So, and, and he loaded the card up. I mean, this is going to be a card with a bunch of name brand guys that people recognize. There's going to be multiple title fights. So he's he's coming out of the gate here trying to attract that, I'm not even going to say casual fan. 
less than casual fan because that's what they're going after with all of this. They're going to be the only game in town. The only thing that you can spend money on, the only way that you're going to be able to get live entertainment for one of the quote unquote major sports in the league for quite some time. So, uh, you know, look, he went about it the right way when it comes to that aspect. He's, he's a, he's a marketer. I mean, he's a salesman, so he knows how to go about doing all of this. And, um, you know, I, I imagine you're hell, Brett, you're, you're a less than casual fan. How sports starved are you? Like, would you consider buying this? Because at that, by that, by the time this happens, it will have been a full two months since we had any sort of li- real live sporting event go on. Like how, how, how sports starved are you? Not enough to buy uh, a pay-per-view for this. However, if I was in a state where I could bet on this legally, I might. I uh, yeah, it's. I mean, look, the, the books are gearing up for this. I mean, I got an email this morning from DraftKings, and they the first thing they're pushing is this UFC fight. So I mean, there's going to be all kinds of ways to bet on this. I think yeah, I think probably if if I could bet on an app before and, and during these 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 matches, I I I would consider it, but. There's really, I, I just, you know, if I can't get action done on it, I just have no interest. Yeah, I think that they are probably going to see some of the biggest handle they've ever seen for UFC for this. And the same deal we talked about with the draft, right? Only game in town, nothing else going on. People are looking for things to bet on. And let's not forget, we just mentioned Colorado, right? This will be the first sporting event that the people of Colorado are going to have to bet on, Brett. So I would imagine that if we talk about getting the shiny new toy, well, the shiny new toy is going to be sports betting for Colorado, and then this is going to be the first thing that they're allowed to bet on. So would not surprise me to see UFC 249 possibly go down as the most heavily bet UFC sporting event of all time. Yeah, absolutely could be. Because you're going to have, you're going to have uh, you know, th- the maximum amount of states that we've ever had allowed to bet for an event in a time where it is the only thing that you can bet on. So that is certainly going to be pretty uh pretty interesting we'll have all those numbers for you and of course we'll preview that and everything as we get a little closer to the event no real point in talking about it this far out out of doubt you're going to be making those bets today but we will get you some previews of those fights as well whenever uh probably by the time we get on the on the podcast next week other thing that you're going to be able to bet on Tiger versus Phil too. Now, this is something that was rumored for a little while out there. We saw some Twitter chatter about it. And then, Brett, it looks as if they went ahead and said that this is a go. And we're looking at we're looking at Tiger versus Phil, too. Yeah, this is this was confirmed last week. I think it was confirmed after we went on the podcast. So we didn't have a chance to talk about it. But it will happen in May at some point in a state likely florida i think so we don't we don't have the details yet but it will be tiger and phil it will be tiger and let me get, make sure i get these matchups right i think it's gonna be tiger and well tom brady and and uh peyton manning will also be involved i can't <laughs> i don't have the matchups in front of me here but it will be uh, mickelson a, and mickelson and brady and uh and tiger and peyton okay and, and i think the tiger side are favored i was a little i was surprised to see that Peyton had a lower handicap than Tom. I, I thought for sure Tom would be the better golfer, but I was, I was wrong. So uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how these are listed at the books. There are no odds yet because there are no details yet about 
uh, when this is going to happen and, and you know where it's going to happen. But um, we, we talked to DraftKings. They said they will definitely be launching a free pool for anybody who wants to, to get involved in like a prop pool for free. And uh, eventually they will have betting markets available as well as they did for the first match. So we will have something uh, to, to bet on at some point in May uh, on the <laughs> golf course. Yeah. The guys here in Vegas said, you know, look, they, like you said, they hadn't put up odds yet, but they were kind of speculating that maybe that minus 140, minus 150 range for Tiger and Peyton over uh, Mickelson and Brady. So uh, it, when they go live, I, I would imagine you could expect something in that realm uh, right there. As we talked about, the revised PGA Tour schedule also was announced. And if things hold true, and now, Brett, we should go ahead and, and put the caveat in here that the PGA Tour did say they were putting out that schedule, but it was highly subject to change and a tentative schedule and all of that. So we've seen that the PGA Tour is not uh, not going to hesitate to pull the plug on something as well because we saw them do that in the middle of a tournament uh, earlier uh, a couple of months ago. So, But it looks like June the 11th to 14th is when they are targeting the comeback here. So it looks like we should have PGA to bet on come mid-June. This is what really gets me excited. I saw so much talk about Tiger versus Phil too. I have next to no interest in that. This is where like the PJ Tour restarting is where the sports calendar really begins for me. So I'm hoping that that goes forward as planned in uh, mid June because I don't know what, I mean, what what are your thoughts on Tiger versus Phil? I was just I was completely underwhelmed by the first version of that. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm glad that there's so here's the thing. I think I'm more excited about it just because there's nothing else going on than I right. would be if this was happening in the middle of the sports calendar. Right. So it, with, knowing that there's at least something like this happening when we are really, really craving something to be on television. I think that what is what has me a little bit more excited than I would be if we were in the middle of everything right now. Right. I mean, like think what we would be in the middle of right now if we were just had sports going on right like we'd just be coming off of the masters we would be nba would be nhl major league baseball would be going i mean like we would be in the middle of a lot of stuff right now so i yeah my my interest level would not be all that high but you know with it being with it happening with nothing else going on i mean look i I would be a liar if i told you i wasn't gonna watch it i mean of course (laughs) i'm gonna watch it i mean you're gonna watch it too here's the funny thing is you're like "Ah, i don't have any interest yeah i know you and you are going to watch it but like you said, only because there's nothing else on. There but still, be, you're going to watch it. Uh, you're still, you're still gonna, gonna, of course <laughs> I'm going to watch. I, look, I watched like a few minutes of the first one, but that's because there was other things to watch. Like, I, of course I'm going to watch this one, but I, I just, I don't have any real connection to it. You know, it's, it's, it's rich guys trading pocket change on the course and there's nothing really at stake. It's just like an exhibition match. So yeah, I'm going to watch it because it's on and there's nothing else on, but Am I excited about it? No, not really. (laughs) And then we have the NBA draft that is happening in June. You're probably seeing a whole bunch of guys going ahead and announcing that they are entering the NBA draft because of the way that the uh, everything played out. So there's a whole bunch of people who are making their names available for the NBA draft. And that is going to happen uh, June the 25th. Now, I've never been into the NBA draft when it comes to betting, Brett, and I got to admit, I've never really even paid that much attention to it. 
I can only imagine, again, depending on where we're at, that this might be yet another thing that kind of comes out of nowhere and gains a lot of attention and gains a lot of traction, whereas otherwise it would just kind of be a, a footnote. It would be just a, an also ran in the middle of a normal sports calendar. Yeah, and that's why I have it listed here as, as like a big event. I'm, I'm with you. This is not something that usually I, I pay much attention to, and I'm, I'm sure it's nothing compared to the NFL draft. But uh, with if there is nothing else going on, yeah, the, it, there will be betting markets and ways to bet on it. It's interesting this year, though, because as of right now, we have no idea what the order of this is going to look like or who will even be in the lottery. The season is still at a standstill, and you can't hold a lottery without knowing which teams will be a part of it. So... Yeah, there there is a way to bet on the number one overall pick right now. That is all I'm seeing. Um, at DraftKings, Anthony Edwards, even money to go number one. You got James Weissman, plus 185. Lamelo Ball, plus 300. And then Denny Avdija at plus 500. And if you're looking to get money down on this, it's it's really tough because from that group, we've only seen Edwards compete here beyond the U.S or in the U.S. beyond the high school level. We saw Weissman play a little bit at Memphis, but then he had to leave amid NCAA violations. Lamella Ball, we haven't really seen much of since high school. He's been playing overseas for what feels like 10 years. And then this other guy's from the EuroLeague. So, like, is it even worth it for betters to take a shot at the NBA draft right now? There's just so much uncertainty for all of it. I guess the other thing we should mention here... Um, as a continuing kind of thing that you can bet on. And, you know, we're, we're not big into it, but, you know, we are certainly aware of the market out there and we are, we're, we're going to try and cover it and we're going to try to get more understanding of it. But I mean, listen, the, the esports market, Brett continues to grow. The offerings in esports continues to grow as well like which events are allowed to be bet on which which uh you know games are allowed to be bet on so these are things that have really really kind of rocketed up as well we've actually seen it in the DFS market as well like pretty big six figure payout type contests around esports as well and then of course the eNASCAR is another thing that is continuing to to draw a little bit of attention, um, not only from viewers, but from the betting public as well. Uh, I don't know how in the world you would be able to handicap that whatsoever, but uh, I guess there are some people who are, are doing that out there. Well, you're one of them, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. If you call fire, I I fired (laughs) three $10 bets blindly into a deal because I was like, eh, you know, uh, let's just, let's see what happens here. Something, yes, something am, to do on a Sunday, right? Yes, exactly. I was like, I'll probably have it on because one of the, so out here on the West coast, they actually start these things pretty early. They're like at 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. So, you know, there's to have it on, in the, on the, on the TV in the background. Yeah. You know, whatever I've got it on, on the TV in the background. And so, um, yeah, well, we, we can, I deal with that through a $10 bet on the, the winner this past week. And, Here's the funny thing is to let you know just how little I know about it. I don't even remember the guy that won. All I know is I won 20 to one. I, I, I won, I, my, my 10 turned into 200 on uh, whoever it was that won uh, this past week. But that is also thinking bet on. And of course, the uh, the esports as well. Um, one of the things, Brett, I did notice that just real quickly before we get out of here. I'm just looking at these esports uh, odds and whatnot. Th- this isn't one of those things where it's like a 
uh, like a flip of the coin or that it's like, you know, uh, like some of these odds are massive on these teams. Like some of these teams must just be incredibly better than some of these other teams. I mean, I saw like just the, the, the stuff that was happening, I guess, last night or yesterday or something. Minus 750s, minus 900s, 1 to 11s and stuff like that. So, I mean, like some of these teams, I guess, are like super teams. And some of these other teams, I guess, are like, I don't know, for lack of a better term. Again, I'm not as well versed. I should be in this, but like kind of scrubbish, I would assume. Uh, I'll be honest. I have not studied these markets <laughs> at all. I probably should because it's, you know, it's one of the few things we can bet on right now. So maybe I will this week if I've got a little extra time, take a look at where the money is coming in. And, you know, uh, obviously some of these, yeah, some some big favorites here. A lot of money has got to be coming in on just a few specific teams. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So we'll uh, we'll try to look into that a little bit more for you as well. Before we get out of here, uh, DraftKings officially gone public. The merger with them and SP Tech did happen, formed the Diamond Eagle uh, acquisition group, uh, Diamond Eagle Corporation, which then uh, just morphed into DraftKings on the NASDAQ, DKNG over on the NASDAQ. And so, Brett, this little site that, I mean, you and I were – we're in this from a, a long time ago. I mean, we were, I was playing, you know, DFS on multiple DFS sites that preceded DraftKings that are no longer available because they've all gone out of business or been acquired or uh, whatever it might've been. And DraftKings not only prevailed, made it through all of this. Um, and here they are now publicly traded over on the NASDAQ. And it has been a wild, wild ride for that company, a team uh, and that team over there who at one point, so low on cash, didn't know if they were going to make it. Then both DraftKings and FanDuel, both so incredibly low on cash, they tried to merge yeah. so that they could so that they could survive. And uh, instead, here we are on uh, Monday the twenty, you know, Monday the twenty seventh, and, and DraftKings is a public company. It has been a wild ride, and look, they've done an excellent job. The, the company entered the DF, the DFS space with best in class technology, like right out of the gate, and they were aggressive with their marketing, and they leveraged that success into what now is a multi-tiered online gambling giant. I mean, they've got casino, they've got DFS, they've got sports betting. This is a officially a gambling company and uh, pretty, pretty good Friday in their first day of trading too. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, uh, in this landscape with no sports is, is pretty, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. These uh, gaming stocks for whatever reason, I mean, all of them have actually held up pretty well here considering they all have their doors shut. So, uh, you know, I guess that just kind of shows what, what people think of what people are going to want to do whenever they're allowed to do it again, you know, and that's get back out, start, start gambling, start sports betting, get in the casinos and get in the doors and, and whatnot over there. But congrats to the guys over at DraftKings. We've known a lot of those guys a long time and, uh, you know, to be able to, uh, say that you work for, a publicly traded company now got to be a pretty great feeling for you guys over there. As always, at the Lines US, at PlayPix US on the Twitter machine. So give us a follow over there. You can find us uh, backslash PlayPix over on YouTube as well. If you want to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google is where you can subscribe, rate, and review to this very podcast right here. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>